Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here, reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast. At Snaps, Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. What's up, y'all? T-Bob here, and uh, it's hard to wrap your head around, but can you believe that it's been seven months without an NFL game? It's pretty insane, right? Well, good thing that's over because the NFL is here and the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is also here giving you a can't-miss offer week one. This week, new customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on an NFL game. $5 bet, $200 in bonus bets instantly but look and, and, and that's with the promo code tbob if you're signing up for the first time promo code tbob tbob five dollar nfl bet two hundred dollars in bonus bets right away but what about returning customers i got you DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness all customers can take advantage of not one but two new offers every single game day this september just get on the app and see what the offer is man and then dive in so what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code TBOB, T-B-O-B, to sign up. And new customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly for betting just 5 bucks. That's code TBOB, T-B-O-B, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See... 
See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, there it is. There it is. What up, what up, what up? Um, I know. Okay, Aaron in the chat. Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in uh, Snaps post game on Saturday. A bit of a different Snaps post game as uh, we are both live here in Baton Rouge. Aaron Murray, T Bob A Bear here. Aaron getting ready to go call LSU Grambling later tonight. Very excited to be part of DraftKings. Very excited to talk about this first slate of games mm-hmm. just now. Uh, Aaron, how about it, dude? Shadur Sanders in Colorado with all the pressure. So many people wanting them to fail. Mm-hmm. They show up and they uh, they take care of business, man. Well, and, and they did it in a different way. I mean, last week was a shootout versus TCU in the week one, just back and forth, back and forth. They had to do it with offense. They had to do it with explosive plays down the field. And that wasn't the case. I mean, 0-0 after the first quarter. We get into the second quarter, just a lot of punting. The offense seemed to stall a lot versus, versus Nebraska, but they stayed patient. And I think that, to me, was the, the one good side about Shadur and, and this offense is when things weren't going great, they weren't pressing. They weren't forcing it. They let the game come to them, and all of a sudden, big plays started to happen. Obviously, we'll get into all the issues for Nebraska and some of the turnovers and and Jeff Sims, et cetera, et cetera. But Colorado showed us they can win a different style of football, and I think I said this to you about midway through the game. That's a good football team. It's just a solid team. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just absolutely, a good absolutely. football team on both sides from what we've seen for the first two weeks. I mean, something like the defense is like, look, the defense is not the most physically imposing, certainly on the D-line. They look maybe a little light, but they um, they play hard, man. Like, yep. they know that they're well-coached in terms of, the again, execution. Same thing we talked about last week. Yep. They know where to be. They play hard. They hit hard. They swarm to the ball. They yep. don't miss a lot of tackles. Nope. Like, the discipline of Colorado continues to shine um and it's only week two once again we're gonna reiterate it's week two of a team that was put together six months ago yeah and it looks like a well-oiled machine it looks like a team that's been together for two or three years it looks like a senior-led football team that that you've been able to retain guys for three or four years in the system that's probably the craziest part about it i mean look i i feel like too you know I, i i never want to be a um a bat packy show like we we were right here but we were right uh on this game <laughs> i mean it, and i don't think a lot of people did it wasn't just us but like we yep. had it nailed right yep. like the bottom line was the difference in quarterback yes like we said the other day you saw Shadur sanders put together one of the most flawless performances we've ever seen and then you saw jeff sims not just make errors but make three of the worst errors mm. i've ever seen in my entire life and um and, and that carried over into this game yep i mean like the difference were the two quarterbacks. And what's interesting is early on, Aaron, Nebraska's defense was playing fucking tough, dude. So early on, it was more about Jeff Sims being bad. And then eventually it shifted back to, oh, wait, no, Shooter Sanders is just, the dude is great. He makes constant good decisions. One thing I feel like I learned about him today, and I want you to expound on as the quarterback, is um, he he, he has a touch on his balls. At every (laughs) level, whether it's a short pass, you know, working over the middle, deep, uh, every level of throw. He just he just places in there. He doesn't always rock, but he still makes it. It's not a weak throw. It just got a nice touch to it. And his escapability yeah. while staying cool, collected, 
keeping his eyes downfield. I mean, the two-point conversion. Oh are my you God. shitting me, dude? It's unreal. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's sneaky athletic. He's not his dad, but he's sneaky athletic to get out some of these these crazy situations. I'll say this right now, watching for the first two weeks of the season, there was a pecking order of quarterbacks in the Pac-12. And what do we talk about at the beginning of the year? That the Pac-12 is loaded with quarterbacks. Yeah. Through two weeks watching him and say whatever you want about TCU. Say whatever you want about Nebraska. You knew go good quarterback play when you see good quarterback play, you know, especially playing the position. Shadur's the second best quarterback right now in the Pac-12. Okay, hold the on. The second hold on best quarterback Michael playing Jr. inside of the Pac-12, but behind Caleb Williams. Yes. What second why, best what? quarterback? I mean, come on now, though. What has he done for? What, what has he done? No, no. Like, why, why, why is he just leaping Michael Penix Jr. all of a sudden? Because, like, like, is it you're saying it's Shadur's style of success? His that you're style of success and the way in which he's playing the football game right now. To me, I am. If I'm an NFL scout, I am salivating over this kid. Escapability, arm strength, touch, decision making. There, there's not a box at the moment that he's not checking. Being able to handle the pressure, yeah, that that's another thing too. Like being able to be under a microscope and handle that pressure and and all the attention and everything that you, that comes with being uh, Deion Sanders' son. And then to go out there and execute and also execute with new receivers too. Like, yeah, Travis is his guy from a year ago from the HBCU, but what's good? This is a brand new team. So he's been able to be a leader of a team that's 60, 70 new guys and go out there and run an offense as efficient as he's run. Yeah, I think he's the second best quarterback in that in that conference right now. I mean, it's not as crazy as it sounds, obviously. I mean, you look at the stat line again today, those are 500 yards a game, number one, against what I think is a much better defense in Nebraska. Yep. He comes out, and by the end of the day, 31 to 42, 393 through the air, two more touchdowns. So is that – what is that? So now that's nearly 1,000 yards. It's about got to be around 70%. Actually, let's just look it up on the year so far. Um it's 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 amazing. It's 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 it, it boggles the mind. Seventy four percent completion. Oh, that was today. Uh, on the season, he's eighty one percent completion. What? Four, four touchdowns. I was like, it's crazy stats. Whatever it is, it's crazy stats he's putting up right now. Um, and and again, it's not. Uh, it, it's it's not even. And I, and I don't mean to demean the success of like a Hendon Hooker and, and this where you get out with Penix, yeah. but but it is more. Um. It's a more fleshed out game than maybe you saw out of like a Hendon Hooker last yes. year, where it was like a lot of deep balls, a lot of a lot of threat through just pure rocket it's arm maturity. strength. But there's like a consistency, yes. a touch, and it's um it it immediately makes you relevant. I mean, it immediately makes you relevant. And I know we're not going to talk about Travis Hunter today because he doesn't have a pick, but I mean, you look up again, plays all the plays, mm -hmm. three catches, 73 yards, still has a massive day. How about Xavier Weaver, though? Yeah. Went over 100 yards in the first game. He kind of got lost in the shuffle a bit because how couldn't you when you have two superstars burst onto the scene? But now follows up 100 yards in game number one with 10 catches for 170 and another score. So the weapons of Colorado, like we kind of felt coming into this game, end up being the difference. Offensive line and the defensive line play, were they great? Were they perfect? Did they give up some sacks? I don't know how many ex exactly sacks they gave up in the game. I mean, decent amount, actually. But I still think that that is a unit on both sides of the football that are that are more impressive than what we anticipated heading into the season. Some of those sacks, too, were you know, were on Sherrod. Uh, Shadur. Shadur, sorry. Shadur 
holding on to the ball a little bit too long. I think that's the one thing that if you want to go in there and critique his game a little bit through the first two weeks is at times he's trying to be a little bit too creative and that, you know, that kills an offense line. And, you know, some of the sacks were on him compared to the big boys up front. But I thought for, 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 for the big question of could this team handle, you know, defenses that were big and physical at the line of scrimmage, which Nebraska is Nebraska. You go back and watch them week one. That is a very physical uh, football team at the line of scrimmage on the defense side of the football. I thought they played pretty well. They put, they, yeah. I thought they held up really, really well in this game. Um, I, I, I would say you're the offensive line. You're saying yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I know that this is going to sound hyperbolic. Okay. Uh, but for those of you that don't know, and I'm sorry, Rome, I can barely read my, my windows. So small, I can barely read the comments that you're putting in there, but I am uh, going to get to your comments in a minute. But uh, for those who don't know, I, I cover LSU mainly. Right. And so I watched Joe Burrow firsthand and it is not an exaggeration like he reminds me so much of how joe burrow looked at 2019 year and it's even down to holding on to the ball too long yeah because that is something that burrow did because he knew a lot of the times he could extend the play he was he was elusive enough in the pocket where he was never looking to run maybe every now and then which you saw like maybe once or twice this game but no extend the play and find somebody downfield again just the calm, cool, collected nature as he's working at avoiding defenders. And yes, will it lead to sacks? Absolutely. But on the college level, more often than not, Shadur Sanders' talent will be able to get away with that and make it it the right choice. And how many times in the second half did we see a third and long situation where he was able to use those legs, escape, and then be able to convert convert the first down yeah with his exactly arms. So like yeah it's, it's like a i take a sack for five yards but then all of a sudden I, the next play i turn around and get a 15 yard gain so like you're waiting for your moment to strike you're waiting for that big play and that's 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 the maturity and i don't want him to continue to have to take sacks and i think that there, there's a, a fine balance of playing the quarterback position of of taking chances and being risky in the pocket and holding it for that last second to allow your receiver to, to get open or to see that window down the field he's going to continue to find that balance throughout the season, but it still goes to the decision-making of, of quarterbacking one-on-one. What's your first job as a quarterback? Well, your first job is to take care of the football. Yeah. And he's done that while making (laughs) explosive plays. Like he is pushing the ball down the field. He is buying time in the pocket. He is throwing it over and over again, 20, 30, 40 yards on the field yet through two games, knock on wood for Colorado. There hasn't been turnovers. Yeah. He's in, in, in rarely, I can't even think of a time in my head because he's thrown the ball, what, close to 80 times, 90 times? Yeah. Games. Yeah. Easily. It is hard for me right now to even think of, oh, I remember a play where it was almost interception or he put the ball in harm's way. Mm-mm. Very few times, if any, has he put the ball in a situation where the, the defense had a chance to make a play on it. There was one time today where it kind of looked like it live, but then you watched the replay and you saw that. Um, that actually, no, the defender's back was turned. And yes. he knew that. And he was yes. just throwing it right over his shoulder, mm-hmm. which, again, speaks to, like, elite awareness out of the quarterback. Is Andy J, is Cornhub dead? And is it now prime up? <laughs> Look, Cornhub remains a work in progress. And I can see the comments you're putting in there now, bro. My bad. Um, Cornhub remains a, a, a work in progress. Um, dead. The black shirt defense looks great. Uh, on, on the corn hub front, well, yeah, I mean, bro, first what do you, half. What, what, yeah, what, first half. Well, yeah, but what do you want to fucking do when you turn the ball over? I get it. Like, I, know, I know. I no, know. The, the, I know. The, 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 the point of it, when it comes to Nebraska, though, Aaron, okay, we just championed us being right. Yeah. We also spent an entire offseason saying Nebraska might be better than we thought because of Jeff Sims. Yeah. And that looks dumb as fuck now because for all the good that Jeff Sims can do, 
the consistency of the bad and mm. and and not just the somewhat bad like uh oh can't really complete a pass on third down or so no like the dropping snaps when you can't have like any time Nebraska early on got any offensive momentum it was immediately blown up by a very easily easily fixable Jeff Sims mistake and so, I don't th- I don't think they're going to win the game regardless of of, no. of some of those mistakes but yeah those are those are uh those are issues that that shouldn't arise. The, the 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 dropping of the snap, the twice, not just one time, but two times, where you have a tight end fullback motioning from one side of the field to the other, and you're not timing up the snap properly to to essentially cause two fumbles on the play, where the guy's having to dodge the ball the first time he knocks it. Luckily that he was able to get it second time turned out to be a turnover. That's on the quarterback. You work that all week yeah. long of when to give the communication, whether it's a a a foot, clap, yeah. a clap. Uh, if you're able to use cadence, whatever it is, you have to time that up. And when you're on the road, when you're at home and you can use cadence, any of those jet motions, you can push the limit a little bit because you are the one doing it. But when you're on the road, man, I would rather let the guy go past the center and and, and make sure it's a clean snap. Like you, you just you you have to be mature when you're on the road as a quarterback. You can't put it in harm's way. And now it's been two weeks in a row where Jeff Sims is now they great. And you and I are like, man, what, at what point are you going to put the backup quarterback in? And I know the backup quarterback came in there and threw a touchdown, but I don't know if there's much improvement of like this, the problem this, this is, backup quarterback can go in there and when you football. And this is why I'm almost punning on the corn hub until another year is because, you know, nothing matters as much as quarterback. And I feel like you almost witnessed the death of a career today in Jeff Sims. Yeah. Maybe not because they don't have another choice. Right. And so rule has to stick with him and he allows him to improve. But at the end of the first half, that felt like a man who was broken. He he just his, but, his entire but demeanor. What, what, what do we talk about? For, we talked about this in our pregame show. If Nebraska wanted to win the football game, Jeff Sims was going to have to run the ball twenty-five to thirty-five times, yeah. and you were essentially just going to have to say, you know what, this is a wildcat quarterback type situation. We're going to run RPOs and zone reads and just keep it close and not turn the ball over. Yeah, and and understand that we do have a good defense. And as long as we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we have a chance to at least make it a four-quarter game. Like they just got to get to the fourth quarter and, and without making mistakes. So I think you continue to build this offense that is going to. I mean, they ran the ball two, uh, two more, uh, doubled up from what they threw the ball. They ran the ball forty-two times, uh, threw it twenty-two times. So you're going to have to continue to do that, but eliminate the turnovers. That's that's going to be the key. Well, and the problem is, I can take almost it sounds weird, but I can take Jeff Sims throwing picks. I can't take him just continuously fumbling no, snaps. I, can't take I mean, that that's what gets you benched. Shout out that kid, uh, DJL, for the two dollars super chat. Then a five dollars super chat saying Cormani McLean is going to hit the transfer portal. You heard it here first. Um, Corey Chai says, I didn't know Jack Black did commentary, but besides that, the stream is fire. I'm subscribing. Hell yes. YouTube.com says at volume saps. Hit the sub button, boys. We are your guides throughout all of yes. college football season. Uh, okay. There's a lot of talk. I saw Cal and some others discussing this in the chat. How high is Colorado ceiling? We played this game last mm. week and we said, okay, you know what? I immediately have them as good or better than the entire middle tier. Yep. Like I, I didn't yet have them with Washington, USC. Utah and Oregon like that's a big four is it now a big five it's a big five you're putting Colorado in there already I would put them Mm. I mean I mean the way the way the way Utah the way Utah looked today and I know it's a Utah minus Cam Rising I know it's a Utah minus Cam Rising uh and they'll be playing Colorado goes on the road to Utah to end the season so obviously Cam Rising will be in that game that's a completely different thing 
but it goes back to the quarterback situation. When you have elite quarterback play, you're going to be put into that next tier. You yeah. Yes. Are. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. Like exactly. right yeah. now, you you have one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12. You have probably the best player inside the Pac-12 in Travis Hunter. You have other top tier receivers. You have a team that's playing with a lot of confidence at the moment. I, listen, we we have they're going to be challenged in two weeks. They go on the road against Oregon. Then they they play USC right after that uh, at home. Like that's got to be that's going to answer all of our questions. But the way I've seen them play in two weeks. Those are going to be competitive football games. Yeah. Yeah. If when nothing, you have Shadur playing the way he's playing right now, they will be competitive in every single game this season. Yeah, for me too. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not the, the those as 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 you get to the top tier, Shadur is that level, the skill positions are that level. And while I love the execution of the defense, how hard they play, how well they tackle. What's the difference between Colorado and USC? Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, USC's what's the difference? Looks like shit. I mean, USC's what defense is the looks objectively way worse than Colorado. I, I got to give my wife a parking pass. You keep talking. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, if you want to talk about, like, who right now is the top team in the Pac-12, like, if we we're going to consider just compare them to USC, USC still needs a lot. You know, they have to prove a lot to us when it comes to the defense side of the football. Like, how good – are they on that side? Like, yeah, Colorado wasn't great last week. And yes, they didn't play maybe a, a top tier offense in Nebraska this week, but they're doing a lot of good things. They're getting turnovers. They're causing issues on the offensive side of the football. They're tackling well in play, space. They're, they're gang tackling as well uh, at, at all times. So I look at this team. I say, okay, great quarterback, really good skill, uh, defense that has a good back end that is playing harder the front seven. What is the difference between Colorado and USC? And I honestly, right now, I don't see a lot of it. Shadur solves a lot of problems for that football team, the way he's managing the football game right now. Aaron, chill out, dude. That's my mom right there, okay? Be sweet. Hello, hello, Be hello. sweet. What's going on? She's checking out the office. Uh, okay, you have fun at the game. They're going to go do a little LSU tailgate, bro. Mm. Um, all right, sorry about that, boys. All right, let's get to some of these comments. What did y'all just uh, – uh, Randy Gilbert, they said the Corn Hub was going to beat overhyped Colorado. Yeah, I mean, we did not. A lot of people did. And, well, you know, you found out. Um, You believe now, says KP. Uh, I saw, uh, where's my, uh, who said it? I saw, um, where's my theme music? Did you see Deion Sanders pregame from last game? No. Oh, did yeah, we play that speech, on snaps? The oh, the speech, so it was good. so good, dude. Anytime you have your team finishing your sentences and understanding where you're going, like that's. Did you see practice yesterday? Uh, he, he was essentially saying, like, this is, you don't let someone yes. onto your block, into yes. your house, and disrespect yes. you. And same thing, they were in sync with him. That's a team that believes in their head coach. He tells them to go jump off a cliff. They're going to jump off a cliff. This is why I, I mean, this is why I made that over four and a half bet back genius. in the day is because we saw prime coaching Jackson state yep. talking to the players. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is a guy that you want to play for. Yep. Now I had no clue that he had a first round talent at quarterback. No idea. Like I no thought shooter, I'm guilty. I am guilty for all the Same. pat on the back of doing, I am guilty of being like, you know, his HBCU stats were insane. But like a relatively small amount yep. should carry over from that. And not only, I mean, no, it's somebody said in chat earlier, it's 900 fucking yards, 78% completion. And I think seven touchdowns to the air, one on the ground yeah. so far. It's, it's perfect. And he's been on the biggest stage. Like you said, handling the pressure, big noon kickoff, two weeks in a row, massive games. Yeah. And remember, if you want tickets 
to massive games, the best way to get tickets is on Game Time. If you don't know what Game Time is, this is the fastest growing ticketing app in the U.S. We are so pumped to be teaming up with Game Time. And look, it can be last minute. If you want amazing deals to your favorite college team, pro team this September, download Game Time. And it's not just NFL, college, uh, the baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, whatever you want. Check it out right now. You promo code SNAPS, S N A. P.S. Snaps gets you $20 off your first purchase. So download Game Time, enter the code SNAPS. It helps out the boys. You get great tickets. You get $20 off no matter where you live. Get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Like, you want to go to Texas, Alabama? Download Game Time. Use promo code SNAPS. Here is one thing. Yeah. If you want to continue to help the boys out, hey, we're trying to get the 5K by the end of the weekend. Uh, So I think there's about... 1200 1300 people 1400 people now in in the chat hit that like button if you're not subscribed go subscribe t bob and i are bringing great content all season long all year long yeah obviously it's college football season so make sure you check it out we're live every single day we're not actually live but we're 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 pumping out new content yeah we're live on amp and then everything gets put up on youtube and then we do weekend live streams here on the youtube channel normally not together but aaron's in town about to call the lsu game um one thing that is going to get completely lost in the shuffle that I really wanted to highlight about Colorado is at the very beginning of this game, Shadur Sanders slid. Wait, wait, your mom brought you a coffee and you didn't, you didn't have her. You, she said she got an extra iced coffee, dude. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. Yeah. Shit. See, see, you think, you think she, you think she has a crush on you and everything. T-Ball's mom decided to come into town the same weekend that I was here calling a game. And it's funny because it's happened twice now. And it's like the only two times she's been in town <laughs> in like six months. So, but she didn't bring you a coffee. So fuck you. You're not going to sleep with my mom. Um, no. Okay. But this is something I want to highlight because this is going to get completely lost in the shuffle. But at the very beginning of this game, uh, Shadur Sanders rolled out and he slides yep. and the Nebraska defender hit him, but it wasn't a penalty. Like yes. he didn't mean to, he tried to hold up. He was already committed right when Shadur slid, but beak 78, their tackle mm-hmm. Washington, Sabian Washington came over there and he fucking chest bumped that dude. Yeah. And he got an unnecessary roughness penalty. Yes. Right. I don't hate that penalty. No. In fact, I fucking love that penalty because it. It, it is indicative of the toughness and the attitude that has powered this Colorado team. Yep. Through these first two weeks. I mean, when you see the video where Prime's getting on him at practice saying, if that motherfucker fights, you better not be walking around. He didn't say that because he doesn't curse. Right. But if he's your two boys fighting, you ain't running away. Like you gotta fight. That 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 aggression, mm-hmm. that that is what has helped you power that confidence. It's all embodied in him standing up for Shadur, taking that penalty, but basically setting the tone that look, you ain't gonna fuck with my guy. Yes, you ain't gonna touch my guy. It's the same attitude Prime was talking about pregame, like you said in walkthroughs yesterday. You're going to let somebody come to your house, mm-hmm. disrespect you and your family? Saving Washington told you off the bat, nah, that ain't happening. And I love that good ass penalty in front of a home crowd that's been just, I mean, good for Colorado fans. Yeah. A second Saturday in a row where you're just, everything tastes a little sweeter. You got a spring in your step. Um, wait, hey, hey, drink drinks on Joel Klatt tonight. You know, he's going to be turning up yep. in Boulder tonight. What was the, uh, what was the, what was your question about who's higher earlier? Oh yeah. No, I saw this on Twitter. It's like, what, what, who's higher right now? The state of Colorado or Dion's, uh, essentially, uh, Dion stock, Dion stock, uh, both, both are astronomically both is, high. And I wish I was there. Uh, yeah, I wish I was in Boulder. Right Getting now. high Ooh. with the rest of Colorado as well. God. Um, Let's see. Uh, what's up, boys? Nebraska D came in the game that first half. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it did, but, you know, there's too many turnovers. And, again, when you go against – like, 
this was the exactly that we said all week. Nebraska wouldn't be able to keep pace. Yes. That is the definition of not keeping pace because you could stop them a few times, but eventually Shadur and, and somebody asked about this earlier saying, seems like it takes Shadur a couple series to, to kind of get into the flow state. Um, a early, as a quarterback, a, what is that like? How's that work? But let, let's also think when have they been playing? It's it's the big noon kickoff, but it's yeah. at 11 and was it a 10 o'clock kickoff, right? Uh, Colorado Mountain time, yeah, yeah. So it's a 10 o'clock kickoff, 10 a.m. kickoff. Oh, that's time. weird, dude. The juices are still, it takes some time to get going, man. That's early yeah. as hell in the morning for those guys. So, like, that 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 goes into it a little bit as well. Um, you're not going to come out guns blazing, scoring 14, 21 points in the first quarter all the time. Like there, it, it takes time to, to get into your rhythm, see what the defense is trying to present. Let's not forget like defenses, Nebraska, no one, no one knew what this offense was going to look like. No one knew. So defenses are going to start trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we best suit and face Nebraska? So how would, how would Colorado. you play them? How would you play them? From watching Colorado as close as we have through two games, I, I would you do something in the NFL Nebraska. for years. Okay, I, I would continue to bring pressure, but then I would mix in drop eight because drop it's, eight seemed to be working until, early on. Until Colorado can 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 get a little bit more consistent running the football. I mean, that's going to be the big issue we talk about with Colorado week in and week out. Can they just line up and run the football and have success? Can they get to third and manageable, or is it is it is Sanders going to have to be a you know, Superman on, on third and long situations over and over again. So I would continue in early downs to try and make mix up the pressure a little bit and then just drop eight, um, which Nebraska did. Like, once in the, Nebraska's defense didn't lose this game for them. No. They ran out of gas because their offense was so bad, and their offense kept putting them in bad situations. I thought the game, defensive game plan was really good. Uh, making a difference, says Kyle Bigelow. People are not talking about it at all, but TB12, Tom Brady is mentoring him. Yeah, yep. Chad brought that up last week, and, uh, well, he – he he is playing as sound as uh Brady. Yeah. Somebody said uh Xavier Reaver for Blitnikoff. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, here early on, what receivers had a better two weeks? We'll see what happens out of Washington today, but they're not playing anybody that is actually gonna uh is actually gonna be is actually gonna matter. Oh, uh, one part of this Colorado team too kind of overlooked a little bit. Jace Feely. Jay yeah. Feely's kid, good kicker. Yeah. Been really solid. And if you're talking about toppling either Oregon, USC, like if, if you're going to upset one of the big boys, it's probably going to come down to a field goal at some point. And so Jace Feely will have a massive impact uh, eventually on this season. Uh, Tony saying the defense played much better. Yeah, they did. Like we said, man, the Nebraska, or excuse me, the Colorado defense is, they're not just going to suddenly grow huge or uber talented, though they're certainly, I mean, their secondary is good. And, but, but they play hard and they yep. discipline and they tackle and they swarm to the ball and they know where they're supposed to be. Like that was one of the main problems of LSU they, last week. They didn't know where they were supposed to be in that zone they, coverage. They're winning. It, it kind of reminds me once again. I keep right, we'll keep bringing it back to like what's the difference between Colorado and USC this year, last year. Colorado is kind of the same mold right now. They're playing a lead at the quarterback position, and then they're winning the turnover battle. Yeah, and sometimes you just got to take advantage of that. Like USC last year had an incredible season when it came to turnovers with interceptions. Yeah, which just is, stupid mm. numbers, and that kind of masked some of the issues on that defense side of the football. Like, you know, they were playing well because they weren't giving a ton of points, but they're giving a ton of yards. And right now through two weeks, Colorado may be kind of suffering in some parts of, of the past game last week, giving up 222 yards rushing this week, but they're finding ways, whether it's the, the, the opposing team inflicting on themselves or last week making great plays, they're winning the turnover battle. Yeah. Which USC did last year, which got them to the point where they were one game away from The only the problem is for USC, why it's a bit different is, USC won it, 
um, to the tune of being a major statistical outlier. Like, like it wasn't sustainable and it did cool off at the end of the year. And, and we'll see if it carries over into this year. They're probably plus seven. They're probably plus seven. And and again, Jeff Sims maybe makes today a bit of an outlier. How many turnovers did you end up with today for Sims? Three, three, was it three more? I think maybe they dove back on one of those fumbles, but two or three more. Um, (laughs) Randy Harris, T-Bob rocking the chest bush. Yeah, dude. And my favorite original trilogy, Star Wars shirt. You already know the deal is Ahsoka's hitting right now. Uh, Ryan, I mean, does Nebraska's offense suck? Yes, of course. But the dig on Colorado last week was that they wouldn't be able to stop anyone. Shooter reminds me of Russell Wilson. Yeah, that is, it's funny because, well, we definitely learned more about the shooter, right? Because the other dig was that TCU's defense maybe sucked. Okay, well, Nebraska's defense maybe isn't great, but they're definitely better. And Shadur in the skill positions completely broke them by the end. But if I'm a Buffalo's fan, like my guy, December, uh, Don Simber Willis, who's a Buffalo fan from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm probably feeling most good today because of what the defense showed me and some of the life and toughness that they showed me because there was a world out there. And even at times in this game, it felt like maybe they weren't going to be able to stop the run, yep. but they, they always kind of found a way to bend, uh, but not break. Um, let's see what else. Buffalo, baby. Ole Miss, Tulane, seven seven. A with a block punt. Good game. Up so seven far. nothing. Um, Colorado just don't have the dudes on defense this year's Patrick. See, I agree, but that's what's going to be scary about Colorado is when this all translates into recruiting success, and then you do give prime four and five star D linemen and front seven. You already know he's going to get great DBs because yep. you've already seen it, right? But what happens when he starts getting dogs in the front seven? Because they want to go play for him. I mean, even in the big new uh, well, kickoff play. before the game, they're talking about how like a bunch of the Hall of Fame NFL players are trying to get on the coaching staff yeah. and stuff. Well, but they're in the they're going to be in the Big Twelve next year without Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, that team's going to be contending to win that conference starting yeah, no. next season. Yeah, they immediately walk in as likely the favorite. Yes. Um, well, they got to find a quarterback. I don't. I think. Oh, Shadur gone. I think Shadur's just a junior. Oh, he is right because yes. he played two years at Jackson yep. State. So you're gonna have to find another quarterback. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, maybe not immediately walking into the favorite, but maybe so because uh, get the portal get get a top quarterback out of the portal. Because again, I think this will translate to massive. He did great in the transfer portal, obviously. Dion did, and and again, like we said last week, I think Dion and his staff deserve bonus points for scouting players that mm-hmm. others had given up and on given up on. Because remember when Tom Luganville texted you and was upset because we made fun of the worst roster in the in the world conference our comment he he was like but where are they getting these guys right and he was naming all these small schools that nobody cares about well guess what those players are working like they may have been like the 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 recruiting machine may not have seen their value but this colorado team did Mm -hmm. and so it's that's going to translate to high school recruiting and then Dion just becomes like pretty much unstoppable um mm -mm. how about the utah game man Utah Baylor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's get to some other games. And and if I if, if any other good comments pop up that I think are worth talking about, we'll get into that. Uh Utah Baylor was crazy. Baylor looking like they had the win basically the entire time. Utah continuing four to yards, play. Four yards in the fourth quarter for Baylor. Till the end. To, to the last possession when they get the big play and was ended up to, you know, had one chance to, to get in the end zone to tie it up. But I tell you what, Utah finding a way to win back-to-back games against a, a Baylor team that was embarrassed last week against Texas Tech. I mean, just – or Texas State, sorry. Not yeah, Texas State. Texas State. Shout uh, out T.J. Finley. So you knew them at home. We're going to be a little bit frisky. And Utah, man, found a way defensively to stay in it, keep it alive. Offense made enough plays there in the second half to win it. 
you just got to stay alive till Cam Rising. That's it. That's just, it. just, just stay in the hunt until Cam Rising can play. Which I mean, I still don't know. At the end of the day, it's still only been eight months since since the injury. You know, I'm not worried about next week. You got Weber State next week. Two more weeks, maybe, and then you got to play Utah or UCLA. Uh, means you got to play UCLA. Like that's, I think for them, that's what they circled. I think they said, okay, we can win. We had the chance because of our defense to win the first three games. Can we give Cam essentially the first month off, and then starting UCLA, we got to make sure he's as healthy as possible. If you were the, if you were Cam Rising, would you want to come back one game before the? No, you'd want to come back at UCLA. Yes. Okay. He's good enough. He'll be. He's played enough football. That's true. He's played enough football. He'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the biggest takeaway for me are twofold. First off, Dave Aranda trending in the massively wrong direction. I mean, he won the Big 12 the first year he was at Baylor. Yep. Right? And that insane championship game that came down to like a six-inch stop on the goal line against Oklahoma State. And now, um, blow. I mean, just getting beat down by Texas State and then having a top 15 win in your grasp mm. and just finding ways. Like, that's what bad teams do. They find ways yes. to lose game. And Kyle Whittingham, in the inverse, Deserves some credit for what he's built because um, they find ways to win games. That's a good program too. Real quick, uh, Greg Hendricks says here, Aaron, thoughts on Carson Beck? Yep. Um, Georgia mm, is Georgia good? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, dude. People uh, are talking. Dude. chirping. I don't know, bro. Your text at the beginning of the game. I uh, was not happy. Your text at the beginning of the game did not dictate that maybe you were too pleased with with your with your dogs. I was not too pleased in that first quarter. I don't think anyone was pleased uh, after that watching the first quarter of Georgia. So this is really interesting. So I talked with Carson about a month ago, and he was talking about. During the offseason, he watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers and how Aaron Rodgers did such a great job of essentially eliminating the process uh, down the field. So if, if there's a certain coverage that dictated that a guy wasn't going to be open, man, let me just find my check down right now. Boom, get the ball in my hand. And he's like, that's what I want to do this year. I want to be able to get through my progress, find the check down. I think he's gone to the to the extreme a little bit right now. Like he's kind of eliminating the first, second, and third read and just saying, boom, let me find my back out of the backfield. Boom, let me find my my receiver tight end in the flat. And and, and sometimes, yeah, you, you can get through it a little bit faster, but also these first couple of games when you do have the better athletes, mm-hmm. you allow those guys like a tick extra second. Like when you have the best offensive line in the country, when you got speed on the outside, mm-hmm. it may be covered right when you look up, mm. but you buy him an extra second in the pocket, those guys are open mm-hmm. down the field. So, like, I just want him to continue watching the film and seeing, give my guys that half a second longer, trust that they're going to get open, see the space in the defense, and let it rip and not just say, okay, boom, let me find my check down. Okay, boom, let me find my check down. That's my only big critique for Carson yeah, right now. And you hear that, dog fans? Copium. The copium. Everybody's huffing copium because y'all know when you hit, hit a team with a pulse, you're in trouble. Now, granted, this schedule lines up where, like, you can continue to try to improve, but you ain't going to be tested. No, nope. you're not going to know what it feels like when you get punched in the mean? mouth. South Carolina next week. Uh, the same South Carolina that gave up 18 sacks to <laughs> UNC, and that's a credit to UNC. But Georgia's D line should fucking wreck Spencer they Rattler. Should. They should. They should break him into a thousand well, I'm, tiny I'm more pieces. Talking about, this is a true test. For, it's a. It's going to be a better test for the offense. Can can because that's like I mean the, the defense was never a question like no. we know we know this is going to be one of the best defenses in the country no question about that it's it's how good can this offense be so I'm more concerned of yeah are they gonna are they gonna sack Spencer are they gonna make his life hell most likely 
but is this offense going to produce at home against a better quality defense? Because they have, based on the way they've played for the first two weeks, not saying they're going to be in trouble next week, but it ain't going to look it ain't going to look efficient. One of my favorite things to do these first two weeks for Georgia have been to just rip search. Apart. No, 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 just to search Mike Bobo in the Twitter machine, and uh, Georgia fans seem to hate Mike Bobo with the yeah. passion of a thousand burning suns. Uh, I, I'm sure you're going to have a bit more of a measured approach, but how do you feel that your guy Bobo's done through two weeks? Uh, average. I think okay. he's, still, he's still warming up a little bit. I'm going to defend him. It, it's only week two, new pieces, new quarterback. And and I think Carson has gone through a couple of those reads a little bit too fast and, and missed some opportunities down the field. They've won 45 to three. And what did they win last week? 48 to seven. They're averaging 46 points a game. No, no, no. Don't, 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 I'm just saying. Don't, 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 I'm just don't, saying. don't. Don't just say do that. You know that is disingenuous. 46 no, no, points no. per game. Oh my god, dude. Getting your feet wet back on plays, new quarterback, everything else. You're not still... even made there's a special team such I missed. I don't you know, care. I there's a pick six last week. Too. Okay, exactly. So let's uh, bump it down to high 30s. Your, your your best receiver's been out for two weeks. All I'm saying Get is don't back hit me next with the week. score. That's a fine point. That's a legitimate point. Yes. The score is not. The score doesn't matter. I told you all year it's long, nice. we know they're going to put up stats. It's not if they put up stats. It's how do they look while doing so. Well, and good. they have not inspired confidence they while doing not. so. No. Do you think the team believes in Carson Beck? I do think the team believes in Carson Beck. Okay. We're going to see. We're going to see. Um, one, two says Nebraska lost this game more than Colorado won. No, no. I couldn't disagree more. Nope. I couldn't disagree more. I mean, look, does Colorado Nebraska was the better team by far, by, by far. far, which again, the mad experiment of coach prime through all the hate, through all the doubt, a plus passing grade fly. Just, I mean, we were talking about it this boggles team. the mind, how good and complete this team feels and how well they actually consider they would just haphazardly thrown together in the last six months. It's a coaching masterclass. Yes. Like we said last week, if you would have polled, all the the experts in college football three weeks ago what it, what will colorado be through the first two weeks of the season what would you say 80 percent, 85 maybe 90 percent would say oh and two it, it, it definitely would have been two and oh 80 would have been 80 to 90 percent would have been one and one or oh and two because i don't i don't like a lot of people didn't believe in nebraska either right but uh, but 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 it's probably most were seven and a half point dogs two weeks ago in this game it would be most oh and two most oh and two with some one and one and maybe like two percent of people saying two and oh just yes, like that, the that, hardcore people who don't give a fuck and just love colorado yes or just love coach Prime. no they've they, i mean that's why we keep talking about them that's why everybody keeps talking about it because what like i've done sports talk now since i got out of so i've been doing this daily for 10 years yeah. in october and what determines how we talk about a team is never just the results it's where do they land in relation to the expectation. Yep. And so them going 2-0 is fine. But, like, if Alabama beats those two teams, whatever. We're not even talking about it. Yep. You know, we mentioned it move on. But it's that they, they this, this shouldn't work. Nope. And not only did it work, but it's worked better than any of us ever could have fathomed. So when you have that large of a disparity between expectation and result, mm -hmm. that's why we're waxing so poetic because it boggles the mind. Yeah. And it's just it's impressive from any angle that you look at it. Yeah. Um, do you have to go call the game? I have to call the game. Okay, you got to go call the game. All right. Um, well, hey, look, massive, massive thank you. I'll be on live tonight, though, post-Texas, Alabama. So make sure you tune back in. We'll send out some reminders as well. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be breaking down probably the biggest non-conference game of the season. Oh, look, our guy John Middlecoff's in here, our volume brethren. Yes. Uh, 
put Shadur on LSU or Bama and they are national champs, bro. Yes. I mean, yes. legitimately, yes. yes. Like, and I and I like Jaden Daniels. I'm not, I, you know, I, I think Jaden has areas he could prove. I think he put him into better positions, but Shadur is. I mean, Colin said it earlier this week. Uh, he talked to NFL mature. executives. He's a legit first round prospect. Yep. Um, God, yeah. If you had him on Bama this year, that'd be silly or LSU shit. Um, but hell yeah, look, we have to go, but a massive thank you to everybody hanging out with us. Shout out to the, I'm very excited to be partnered with game time, partnered with DraftKings. Uh, by the way, the bets are looking great today. Yep. Shout out Utah, finding a way to push at least, yeah. uh, shout out Jalen Daniels in Kansas. We got to give them some credit real quick. Yeah. Dude. Big win for the boys. We're getting Mexican last night, watching Jalen Daniels carve up that Brett Bielema, big 10 defense. Excellent job, dude. Okay. Last thing I'll say here. Lance Leipold, Chris Kleeman, yeah. Kalen DeBoer, yep. proving to me, fuck a hotshot coordinator. I want my head coach, someone who's won championships on lower levels. Yeah. They are all guys who yeah. have resumes littered with, uh, you know, NAIA championships, mm -hmm. XBL, like, you know, like letters I've never seen combined, but championships, and it's all translated to the next level. It's really got to make you rethink how you hire or you just go get an NFL Hall of Famer with otherworldly charisma and he just like makes you fucking awesome immediately. Oh, and he has a first-round quarterback son. Oh, and he has a son that plays safety and starts to get double-digit tackles and he recruits the best two-way player that we've seen ever really here yeah. recently. <laughs> um, crazy, crazy times. College football is awesome. We love it. We love you. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. We're on every day. If you just Google snaps podcast, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, rate, review, help us uh, grow the show. Thank you, Darren Franklin. Like and subscribe. Everybody who did, we'll see you around for some more snaps. What is up, everyone? Aaron Murray here live from Death Valley in Louisiana. Uh, and we got a special, special late night show tonight. And you know why we are here? Because Texas taken down Alabama. Unfortunately, T-Bob is not here for me to gloat for the next hour about the Longhorns in his face. We'll have to wait till Monday for that. But I do have some apologies to be made. Uh, Aladdin12 in the chat goes, Aaron, I expect an apology to the Miami fans. Moreover, moreover do you think they bench Milrow? Uh, yes, apology to the Miami fans. You guys were uh, dominant. And we will get onto that game as well in tonight's show. Obviously, we're going to start... Texas, Alabama, one of the best games we've seen so far this season. Probably going to be one of the best games of the year in a pivotal game when it comes to the state of Texas, Texas football and Alabama football, and what playoff shapes will will essentially come out of this entire thing. We'll talk a little AM as well, a little Georgia on the back end, Oregon skate by too, and in a crazy game against Texas Tech on the road. It was a wild Saturday. For those that were complaining about a slow start to the college football season, we have anything but a slow start. It has been awesome to see. So let's dive right into it. It's week one, or week two, Texas on the road against Alabama. Said it all off season, and and I know there's been a big talk about, hey man, this is this is this is Alabama's year, and they're going to be more physical. And you know, I looked at the roster, and I'm just like, this is their rebuilding year. And I remember Nick Saban said this two years ago after they lost to, to Georgia in the national championship game. And he came back and said, no, you know, this was our rebuilding year. And watch out for us next year. Well, the next year was what last year was with all those talented players with the number one and number three pick in the NFL draft. Yet it still wasn't the old Alabama that, that was dominant. You know, they won close games. They won a close game versus Texas. And it just doesn't seem like that type of Bama. Well, they lose all those draft picks. 
they're young. They got some transfer guys. The the question marks at the quarterback position to me this was the rebuilding year, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with Alabama having that rebuilding season. So I wasn't too sure about them. Kind of in general, LSU is still kind of my team to win the SEC West when it's all said and done. Texas came in with the most talented roster they've had over the past decade, and and you you can't compare this Texas year to two years ago or last year ago or five years ago or seven years ago. Every team is different, and you saw it all morning today. You, you talked to draft experts. 10, 11 guys on this Texas roster will be drafted in next year's NFL draft. Texas hasn't had that. They haven't had a quarterback like Quinn Ewers. They even had the depth at the receiving position like they do right now, and they haven't had the dominant play from both an offensive line and a defensive line. They haven't had that. This team is built like an SEC team. Year three with Sark, he knew from being in Alabama what it takes to beat the best, what it takes to compete in the SEC, and he went and built his team to be able to do that on the road in Tuscaloosa, a place over the past 53 games in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is 52-1. and They only lost to LSU back in 2019. That's what Texas did tonight. And you know why? Because they had the better quarterback because they had the better receivers, and because their defensive line dominated up front. So that, those are the question marks we had with Alabama heading into the season. Could they, could they win with Jalen Milrow? Could they win with those receivers? They, they didn't have the receivers last year. And I think they're a little bit better than they were last year. There's no doubt about that. They, they, they were young at that position last year. They showed some improvement over the first two games of the season. But still, they're not as it's not the Alabama receiving core we saw four, five, six years ago that they were pumping out first rounders left and right. And fans were and people in the media were saying, oh, J- Jalen solved his turnover problems because he played well against Middle Tennessee State last week. So let's just ignore everything that happened a year ago. Let's ignore some of the issues that even showed up in spring ball two months ago, three months ago. Like we saw it in spring practice. The, the, the turnover issues that still popped up, those just don't solve themselves in three months. They don't just magically disappear. You are who you are. And he's going to get better with timing and reps and more opportunities in games. And we're going to see if Alabama does make a quarterback change at some point. But you are a quarterback that is a hell of an athlete. I, 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 there's no denying that. Jalen Milrow is a hell of an athlete. And some of the plays he made in this game tonight were still magnificent. The running... The, the bad snaps that have plagued Alabama for the first two games of the season. I mean, like the, the center exchange to the quarterback in the gun has to be better. Too many times is Jalen having to duck down to catch a ball or fumble a snap and then pick it up and have to locate receivers down the field. Like he, 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 he had some moments where you kind of look at it and say, man, that's awesome. But but we kind of talked about it earlier today on the show. If you missed it, make sure you go back and check it with, with Nebraska and Colorado. When you're playing a game against another good team, what does it come down to? It comes down to turnovers and penalties. And if you're an Alabama team that is built to win close games, because they're not built to be in shootouts. They're not. You know, and that's not what they want to do. Nick Saban wants to go to old school football. Well, old school football is going to be low scoring games, going to be boring football games. When those type of games, you have to take care of the football, which is why when I looked at their quarterback position this offseason, I'm like, why, if I know my identity is going to be a 20, 25-point-per-game, 30-point-per-game team, I need to make sure I trust the quarterback to not put the ball in the other team's hands, 
to not throw interceptions, to not be able to flip the field and give momentum to the opponent. And right now, Milrow is not that guy. Your offense is not built like that. So I don't know, man. I think Nick's going to have to go back a little bit, look at the quarterback situation and make a decision what he wants to do going forward from that quarterback spot. It's going to be an ongoing battle. I mean, it's, it's, it's SEC play going forward. And, 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 and you lost in a big way and you kind of quit a little bit there in the second half at home, a place you do not lose to. Uh, offensive line, not great tonight either for Alabama. I mean, for, for, for 350 pounders, for being the biggest offensive line in the world, bigger than every college football team, bigger than every NFL team, they didn't play like it at home. They didn't play like it. Texas took it to them over and over and over and over again. So Alabama, that new identity, that new coordinator on both sides of the football, and that goes back to the whole rebuilding thing. You bring in all these new pieces on both sides of the football, and then you bring in two new coordinators as well. And I know your defensive coordinator has been there before, and, and there's a familiarity with him and Nick Saban. I get that. But it's still two new coordinators. That goes into the whole rebuilding mindset for this team. So can Alabama bounce back and, and have a great season? I, I, don't, I wouldn't say great. I think they can have a good season. I think they'll be competitive in, in most of the games they play. But I, I, this is not a championship team this year. This is a 9-3, and 10-2 football team um, that will go to a good bowl game, that will continue to develop young talent. Don't forget they had the number one recruiting class in America last year. So that's a young, talented football team that's playing a lot of young football players that's going to get better throughout the season. And then to me, 2024, if they figure out this quarterback position, is I think their year where we're like, okay, I think Alabama's going to be that team to win a championship. So that, that's my thoughts on Alabama. Texas, they're back. Texas is back. Texas is back. This is the game you needed, Texas fans, to go on the road and beat the big, bad Alabama, a team that you should have, could have, would have, whatever you want to say, you, you should have beat them a year ago. You didn't. Unfortunate. Your quarterback was lost. But you went into there against all odds, and you made it happen this year. So, man, if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I'm going to sleep so good tonight. I'm going to have a couple drinks. I'm going to relax. I'm going to celebrate. And, and for all the haters out there that said you couldn't win a big game, you just won one of the most, probably the most difficult place to win in America against the best coach in, 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 in the history of college football. You won the football game. So Steve Sarkeesian, ain't no one ever going to say again that Steve Sarkeesian can't win a big football game. <clears throat> that discussion, not gone. Bye-bye. You did it. Congratulations. Go celebrate. Go enjoy yourself. Quinn Ewers, we've seen the stats. Quarterbacks that beat Alabama, <clears throat> excuse me, Quarterbacks that beat Alabama end up in New York. End up in New York. Get picked pretty high in the NFL draft most, more times than not. Quinn Ewers and Texas, the best team in the Big 12, the most talented team in the Big 12. Then you beat an SEC team. Can they fall off the face of the earth? Maybe. And that's what we've kind of seen from Texas in the past, where you played to Alabama close last year, then you kind of fell apart. Part of it was due to Quinn Ewers being banged up, you got to play better when you're the better football team. You did that tonight. You were the better team, and you showed it. But can you do that the rest of the season? Can you have the mentality of being a killer, of putting your foot on an opponent's throat week in and week out? Because right now, 
Texas, like FSU, who we talked about in the ACC, FSU should run through the ACC. Miami looked good today. We'll get to Miami. FSU is still the best team in that conference. Texas by far is the best team in that conference. By far. It's a mentality thing now for the Longhorns. Do you believe you are a, a playoff caliber football team? That you have one of the best quarterbacks in America, Quinn Ewers. You have one of the best receiving cores in America. You have one of the best defenses in America. And you have an offensive line that's experienced. Man, I'm, I, 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 I had him in the playoffs. Obviously, this was going to be a big game to make that decision of, of were they truly a team that could p- compete to get to be one of the final four teams. But Quinn Ewers, 24-38, three touchdowns, 350 yards passing on the road against Alabama secondary. And you look at the receivers, A.D. Mitchell, two touchdowns, Xavier Worley making plays, Jordan Winnington, Sanders making plays. And there was a lot of drops, too. I mean, Texas could have run away with this in the first half. They could have ran away with it. So hook them, hook them, hook them. Your boy put some money on that money line, too, so I'm feeling pretty good tonight. Might have to go to the casino here in Louisiana when T-Bob gets off his show and uh, uh, maybe treat him to a little, 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 little something on the tables. All right, so that's that game. Texas takes care of Alabama, 34-24, big win for the Crimson, or for the uh, for the for the Longhorns there against the Crimson Tide. Um, another big game in, for for the state of Texas. A and M goes on the road versus Miami, and I'm sorry if my voice is kind of going away a little bit. Had a three hours and forty five minute game here in, uh, in Baton Rouge. I called for for for, for LSU. Um, I didn't believe in Tyler Van Dyke. I'm, I'm going to be honest. What I saw last year, kind of some of the stuff I saw week one, I was like, I just, I don't see it in him. I like AM. I like Connor Wigman. I still like Connor Wigman. I thought the defense was, is going to be improved for AM this year, all the youth they had on that side of the football. But Miami's offensive line was dominant. 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 And then Tyler Van Dyke was just dicing it up left and right and left and right, putting balls in spots that shouldn't have been completions. I mean, there was one on the sideline at one point over the DB's arms into the receiver's hands for about a 30-yard game. I think it was on the two-minute drive right before halftime. I mean, one of the best games. This was a Tyler Van Dyke we saw two years ago. And if that offensive line can take on that identity and dominate up front and Tyler Van Dyke continue to play like that, Miami, I'm not going to say they're back because I still think that there are going to be some questions about how good A&M is. Yeah, I, I like their offense. Um, I, once again, I thought Wegman did some good stuff. The one interception wasn't his fault over the middle. Receiver dro- fell. I think I think their I think their offense is going to be good. Defensively, I'm I'm a little bit worried. You know, T. Bob hit it during, during the week. You know, at times last week they looked a little bit rough on defense, and then you just got bullied over and over and over again by the Hurricane. So, is this a big win for Mario Cristobal? Hell yeah. Just like Steve Sarkeesian kind of gets to flex his muscles and say, yeah, I want a big game. Obviously, being Alabama and Tuscaloosa is like the peak of winning football games in college football. For Miami beating A&M, a ranked team, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. That sends a message to to the country that maybe we're not back, but we're kind of flirting with it a little bit. And yeah, maybe there is a chance that we're back this year. Tyler Van Dyke plays like that then, yeah, you could start believing it if you're a Hurricane fan that Miami has an opportunity to make some big moves this year in the ACC. I mean, you look at their schedule. They got Bethune, Temple, Georgia Tech. North Carolina looked, you know, average tonight. Uh, Clemson is, you know, you know how you feel about Clemson. Virginia, NC State, 
and then Florida State, Louisville, Boston College. It ain't a tough schedule for Miami. It ain't a tough schedule. It lines up nicely for you, honestly. So, Hurricanes, man, big, big win. A&M, um, SEC West in general tonight. I mean, SEC in general, man. It was just a, a, a it has been a rough start to the season for the SEC. Last week, 0-3 against top 25 teams. And then tonight, two of your better teams in the SEC West lost. So your top three teams in the SEC West, you know, kind of Alabama, LSU, A&M, all lost out of conference games to start the season, first two weeks. Ole Miss almost lost at Tulane today, you know, with Tulane and their backup quarterback. So Mississippi State just went to double overtime with Arizona. I mean, the, the, the SEC West, which was supposed to be the most dominant side of division of, of anyone in the country. I mean, Arkansas was okay. Ole Miss, once again, was, was you know, took them to the fourth quarter to figure out versus Tulane. Mississippi State, overtime. Alabama lost. LSU lost last week. A&M lost today. Like, I don't know about that, that, that side of the SEC all of a sudden. And you look at the East, Kentucky's looked average to start the year. Missouri skated by Middle Tennessee. Tennessee was kind of average today. Vanderbilt lost to Wake Forest. Florida's garbage. South Carolina's not very good. Uh, and Georgia's kind of looked vulnerable to start the season off. So, man, if you're not an SEC fan, you're kind of sitting back tonight saying, maybe this, this is the SEC's year. Maybe this is the year where we, we see bad Alabama go down, but kind of the SEC not be as dominant. And, and I tweeted this out earlier. Texas looks good. Southern Cal last year was was a really good football team, and and and, and looked to be a good football team. Miami, Florida State, Texas. There's big brands that have been somewhat non-existent because of the dominance of the SEC for the past what ten years or so, are now back are back. Like the health of college football is in a really good spot. And this is going from a guy that that mostly covers and, and talks about SEC football. But it is good when you have the Pac-12 kicking butt and Colorado making news and and, and once again, you know, Caleb Williams and USC you know, winning Heismans and, and doing what they do and Texas winning big games and Florida State winning big games and Miami winning. Like that is good for college football. Right now, I don't know who's going to win a championship. I really don't. I think Michigan looks really good, but they haven't played anyone. Georgia hasn't played anyone, and they've looked vulnerable. It is so open. Like, if there was a year to have a 12-team playoff, this would be the year to make that happen. Unfortunately, we have to wait one more year before that happens. But, man, it's going to be a wild, wild season. Um, I'm excited to continue to cover it. Uh, we appreciate all you guys who watched our earlier show. Uh, make sure you go check that out. T-Bob and I did a great job breaking down Colorado and the excitement around the Buffalo after their big win. Um yeah, and make sure you like, subscribe. You know, goal is to get to 5,000 subscribers here in the next week or so. So appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great rest of your night. Your boy's going to go rest his throat, some some tea and honey, and then get ready to uh, to, to trash T-Bob come uh, Monday afternoon for another great show of snaps as I get to kind of rub it in his face a little bit. We will see you all then. Have a great rest of your weekend. Welcome. I'm Diosa. 
And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.